Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the lead pastor here at LifeHouse. And some of you have not met because I watched a bunch of people walk in this morning that I've never seen before. So I'm just so glad you're all here. And we know we have a bunch of people joining us online. So it's just good to be together. Um, here, here's the kind of the deal for the next few minutes we're together. We've come off this really intense series called Making Better Decisions and Having Fewer Regrets in Our Lives. It was super good. And if you missed any part of it, you should go back and watch it. But it was super intense, and we all kind of had to struggle through good decisions, bad decisions, regrets in our lives. And so this morning, I just wanted to take a few minutes, in the light of everything that's going on in all of our lives, and talk about keeping your soul sane in the seasons of change. And some of you immediately in your heart go, oh yeah, I can identify with that right now because my soul is not um, sane and there's lots of change going on. And you know this, when change is going on and you feel a little out of place in life or maybe a lot out of place, I mean, you start to ask questions like, am I in the right place in my life? Am I with the right people in my life? Am I doing the right things? Am I thinking the right things? And sometimes you just can't see anything clearly. And how do you bring sanity into those moments when everything feels upside down? Not to mention, if you have turned on the news this week, I mean, it is easy to fall into despair, isn't it? I mean, like, oh my gosh, everything is absolutely falling apart. Now, let me just give a little side note for those of us that are Christians in the room. If you're not a Christian or online and you're just hanging out, we're so glad you're here. This is not so much for you, but you might identify with it. Christians in the room, online, um, before you're tempted to make a big, this is the end, um, revelations is happening, before you make some grand statement, put everybody in a more freaked out place, just know that for 2,000 years, people have been saying, this is it, this is it, this is it. Now, it could be it, but most likely it's not. So just be cool and keep loving people, right? Isn't that our deal anyway? Just keep loving people and telling people about God's love and we'll get to where we need to be. Just a side service announcement from your pastor. Okay, there you go. So you may feel a little out of sync, a little shaken by whatever it is, and I wanted to talk about it. Now, this morning I want to let you know that for me, I'm in a pretty stable place right now. I mean, I have been in unstable places in my life many a times, but I'm doing pretty good um, with my life, my family, our church is doing well. In fact, today was one of the best days I've had in like weeks, maybe months. I got up early this morning, like I often do on Sunday morning. I got a big cup of coffee, sat with my computer, and I was just reviewing what I wanted to say to all of you. And Megan, my daughter that was up here earlier, that's my my girl, um, she sat down with me at six o'clock this morning and she did the 22-year-old walk of, I'm so tired, dad, you made me get up and you made me go to church. So you you know, that whole deal, you've experienced that with your college age kids, if you have any. And she sits down next to me and I'm going through my notes and I'm thinking and I'm drinking, you know, and she says, Hey dad, could you put your computer away and just talk to me right now? And I thought, well, I have a message to give important things to say. A thousand people are going to show up and have to hear something. What Yeah, I'll put my stuff away and talk to my little girl who's 22 at my breakfast table who wants to talk to her dad. I feel so good about my life right now. Maybe you feel that way, right? You feel like, gosh, things are just pretty good. But you just need to know that, and you know this already, that you know either you're going into some kind of change, you're in the middle of a change, you're coming out of it, and so this is applicable wherever you are because here's what I'll tell you over my life when we face some stuff. 
you know, starting a church and having the ups and downs of a church, raising kids, getting through the teenage years. Then your kids grow up and they, they leave your house. How could they ever leave your house and go somewhere else? They do that to you, right? And that's change that's kind of emotional. You know, we had to go through cancer with my wife, Tina. My dad, you know, he passed away unexpectedly when you know, it was way too early. And all my own personal failures and struggles so I have been through so many times where I've had to figure out how do I keep my soul sane in seasons of change? And I'm, I'm not there today, but I might be there next month. And you, you may be there right now. Because here's the deal. When you're in a pretty good place, like I feel like today, and you think you can see clearly, and then you wake up the next morning and something has happened. Whether you caused it, life caused it, or something else caused it. And, and it's not as clear. Here's the question I want to ask today. What, what do you do when you can't see what's on the other side of change? Like you've known. It's, it's so clear. This is what we're doing. And then all of a sudden something happens and it's not so clear anymore. And everyone experiences that. We all go through that. And then we get all up in our feels. You know, we get up in your feels. And we feel like, oh, everything's falling apart. And then we get to the place sometimes... In fact, I would say if you're honest, at some point, all of us get to the place where we go, God, are you there? God, can you see? Because I can't see. And here's the other thing that I just personally believe, that there is actually an evil one that's at work in this world. And it's a little bit more like Lord of the Rings than we would want to admit it is. And the enemy, the evil one, is there to kill and steal and destroy our lives. And so when we feel like our lives are being killed, stealed, and stolen from and destroyed, how do you keep your soul sane? And so what I want to do this morning, in light of a really tough series and where life is and our world at, and maybe just personally where you're at, I want to take a break. And I want to talk about this passage of Scripture. It's called Psalm 23. And this is a little bit different if you're new here than where we normally go on a Sunday morning. But I just want to talk about Psalm 23. And you may have heard this passage of Scripture, this chapter of Scripture at a funeral. And that's a great place to read this. In a hospital room where things are desperate. But this is a passage of Scripture that I think is somewhat applicable to every day of our lives. Because this is written by David. And you know David, maybe King David, David and Goliath. And if you've never heard of David, you're in the right place because we're going to figure those things out today and the days to come in our lives. But David is where a lot of you are at. He's been in the trenches. He's gone through some tough stuff. And I just wanted us as a group of people to walk through this together, to slow down, to go, God, okay, we need to be in the middle of who you are and what you are. And to, to start us out... I thought I would just simply read Psalm 23 to you, give you the entirety of it, and then we'll walk through. This is what David says. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he refreshes my soul, and he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the, val the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare us a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And somehow, through this kind of thinking and this path, David figured out, this is how you keep your soul sane in times of change. That any season there's change, we need to be reminded who we are. 
And we need to be reminded who God is in us. And we need to be reminded of our identity and a God that created us and called us and loves us and chased after us. And even if you don't believe and you're a part of this service in any way today, you need to know that we believe that God is so interested in your life. And so David said, yeah, I've been to all those places. The good, the bad, and everything in between. And this is what David starts with. He says, the Lord, the Lord is my Shepherd. Now, let me ask you a question. In fact, we'll do a raise of hands. How many of you in this place have ever, and this is online, respond to, raise your hand if you've ever owned any kind of sheep in your life. Raise your hand. Anybody? We got, oh, I got sheep people right down here. Anybody else? We have one expert in the room, so we're going to invite you to come and just talk. No, I think that's Miriam, I think. And it's so good to have you here. Now, first service, I think there was like 15 people that raised their hands. And I'm like, we live in Northwest Ohio. My goodness gracious. Uh, most of you have not owned sheep. So this, this analogy, this metaphor is a little bit hard to understand if you've not been around sheep, which I have not. I just read a little about, about them. But the sheep, they, they need a shepherd. And the shepherd cares for their sheep. And, and most of the sheep we would have around here today stand some kind of pens behind fences. But in these days, when David wrote this, they'd just drive sheep from one place to another. And the shepherd would care for them and guide them every step of the way. And when they got in trouble, the shepherd would have to rescue them. And the shepherd would go to bed every night thinking about the sheep, dream about the sheep, and wake up in the morning thinking about the sheep more than anything else. And the shepherd always knew better than the sheep. And he would protect those sheep like his, his life. It's so weird. When you read the Old Testament stories about shepherds, it was like a shepherd cared for his sheep, almost like a father cared for his children. It's the most interesting thing. Now, here's the big part. David says, that, my friends, is what God is like. But he doesn't just say God's like a shepherd. David says, God is my shepherd. He's mine. He cares about me. And if he was on this stage, he would say, listen, he doesn't care about me because I'm David, David and Goliath, King David. He cares about me because he cares about you in the exact same way. And he would say, God is fixed on me as his sheep. And I'm fixed on my shepherd because he's my God because the sheep are known by their shepherd and vice versa. Now let me ask you another question. And everybody, just, just shout this out. You can do this at home. Um, when you think of sheep, how would you describe a sheep? Somebody give me a word for sheep. Anybody? What is it? Fluffy. Fluffy. That's good. Anybody else? I, I, what, somebody repeat what that was said. Whatever it is. And I heard stupid over here. Stupid is the answer. Stupid is the answer. Fluffy is wonderful. Stupid is the answer. You talk to anybody that works with sheep, they're wonderful, fluffy, nice, whatever. They're stupid. I mean, they're stupid. Now, you may say, well, Matt, I'm offended that you just called us stupid. I did not call you stupid. Somebody over there called you stupid. Send them an email and be mad at them, all right? But that's how sheep are described. They're foolish. They're stupid. They're not real smart. And you may say, well, okay, man, I might be a sheep, but I'm an above average sheep. And okay, I'll give you that. You're an above average sheep. But listen, we'd all say, look at our mistakes in our world. Last week, we talked about decisions for the last time for a little while. Look at our decisions. We've all made dumb, stupid decisions. And it's because we all need a shepherd that knows, protects guides, looks after us, especially in seasons of change. And David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now look at this. I lack nothing. 
Now you might argue with that and you might say, listen, Matt, I, I lack a lot. If you look at the King James version, it talks about I need nothing I ha- or I have all that I need. But you may feel like you, you lack today. You, you lack some stuff and it's okay to feel like you lack some stuff. You, you want some stuff. Maybe for you, you'd say, listen, I just lack a suitable house. I don't want a big house. I don't want a pool in my house. I just want a house that, you know, is good for my family. I lack the job that I really want because I'm going to work tomorrow and I'm going to go to a job that, you know, whatever it is you hate so much and you regret so much. And I lack the job I want or a paycheck. I don't need a huge paycheck. I just need a decent paycheck. Maybe for you, it has something to do with freedom, freedom in your work, or maybe truthfully, you're looking around our world today and you're worried about your freedom. And that's real. You need to know this. David was in places where he didn't have what it looked like he needed all the time. Whether it was food, shelter, safety, and even freedom sometimes. And we all feel that. But what's even worse is when we lack something on the inside. Outward lacks are hard, but when we lack something on the inside, it's really tough. Like, you'll get up tomorrow morning and you're like, I lack courage. I don't know if I have the courage to face whatever I'm facing today, a family challenge, the job challenge, even my own existence. I lack the confidence to walk into what I need to walk into. I'm just not sure I can do it. I'm not sure I can get out of bed. I'm just not sure I have that. I'm so full of fear and worry and anxiety. All I know is I lack and I'm wanting. I lack and I'm wanting. And if I don't get some courage, I lack joy. Oh, I... I'd give anything just to feel joy. And David said, I lack nothing. And this is what he learned to understand in his journey with God. That as long as the shepherd shepherd has it, I don't lack it. As long as the shepherd has it, I don't lack it. Now here's what you need to know. Sheep don't really have anything going for them. They need everything. They can get their whatever hooves on Direction, protection, everything. But when the shepherd's with them, there's no lack. They have everything they need. And here, here's what we all learn along the way, especially if you get to a certain age and you look back across your life. You thought you lacked in the moment and it was more like God was saying, no, just not yet. And those moments are super hard because you might say, Matt, if you could give me the microphone, I would tell you why I need what I need right now and I would not disagree with you. But maybe looking back, you would say, God gave it to me when I needed it, when it was a right time, when he'd done something in me that he needed to do first. And David would simply say, don't freak out. I know it's so easy to go crazy and don't freak out. You have a shepherd that loves you. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're invited to have a shepherd that loves you. And then David, he goes here, he says, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And I thought about this. Why does God, and this is a strong word, make us lie down in green pastures? For some of us, it's because we don't rest well. Some of us had to be made to lie down in green pastures because we're the kind of people that we attack, we're in control, we take it by the bull by the horns, we've got this. And God goes, someday, someday you're going to run out of energy. And you're going to find you didn't end up where you wanted to be. And I'm going to make you, because I love you, lie down in green pastures. And sometimes it feels a little forced, like putting your hand on the sheep's head. And it's like, lay down and rest and chill. And then sometimes, and you know this, we're exhausted because we've made some mistakes. We have led ourselves in a direction, a path that we've exhausted ourselves with darkness and sin and 
God just simply says, I love you so much, I'm gonna make you lay down and it may sting a little bit. It may even hurt a little bit, but I, I've gotta get you back to where you need to be. God makes me lay down in green pastures. And this is not being about lazy. This is about trust. In fact, I don't think there's anything in the scriptures where we hear the word rest that it has to do with lazy. It's about, do you trust me enough to know that in this green pasture, you need to lay down? And some of you are here today. You're tending. And you just need to rest because you're tired, you're exhausted. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And David said, he leads me beside quiet waters. And you know this, when you're exhausted, when you're out of gas, there's this weird hunger and thirst in your soul to be filled up. When you're just empty and David says, God leads me to places to replenish me that are safe because a sheep in itself will run into the rapids of a river and drown itself. But a good shepherd leads you to places that's quiet and you can drink and you can fill up physically, but also spiritually in your soul. Somehow there's this idea that there's this water of God that can get inside us that fills those cracks that just feel so empty. And I just wanted to tell you, it's there. You feel empty, it's there. And then he says, he refreshes. He refreshes my soul. Now, let me ask you a question. Soul tired? You need to respond. Just, maybe no one's asked you lately. You've been walking around with this tired soul, and I just thought, can we just create some space this morning for the question, is your soul tired? Do you feel that in your body, in your spirit, in your soul. And I just would say, if you would say, yeah, my soul is tired, I'm so sorry. I know what it's like to feel like you're just tired. You slept well last night, but you're just, you're just tired. And you might say, I, I just need to be refreshed with something. The point of the, fr- the shepherd is to lead his sheep that he loves back to places where they can be filled up from the inside out. And you feel that. Here's the thing that you may not even realize. There's other people that feel that in your life. Your spouse, your kids, the people you work with, your neighbors, they feel it. Because when we feel something down deep in our soul, when we're disappointed by life and our kids and our job and our marriages, whatever it is, and we just feel like our soul is empty, everyone else feels it around you. And everyone pays the price. And all you have to do is look at David's life and how he hurt other people when his soul was empty. And David, I think if he was talking to you, he would say, please, for the sake of yourself, but also for the sake of other people, let God refresh your soul, so you can see as well as you can see. The shepherd, he refreshes. He refreshes my soul. He, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. I love the fact that God guides us where we should go, but it's for his name's sake. And maybe you've never thought of this before, but God does what he does for you for a purpose. Sure, it benefits you. You have a great outcome when we follow God, but he has a purpose. And it's awesome to think that we could wake up every day, even in the tough times, even times of seasons of change, and say, God, I still have a purpose in you. I am breathing today because you're doing something with me in this world. I'm going to go to work tomorrow, and I know it's a struggle, but I'm walking in with a purpose for your kingdom. You're a college kid, and sure, it's great to go to college and get away from your parents, have a little fun, get an education, all good things. But what would it look like to go through college in those hard years where you're trying to figure out, you know, your 18 to your 22s and everything in between and go, I have a purpose for my life. Your marriage, it has a purpose. And 
Trust me, as an older guy, your marriage does not exist just for you to be happy. Your marriage has a purpose for God's glory in this world. And as David describes this, it's almost like he's talking about this guide that's an internal GPS in our lives, in every part of our lives. So when he says the shepherd, he guides me. What was he referring to? Is God's spirit. The Holy Spirit, which is a little bit hard sometimes for us to talk about because we get, you know, freaked out a little bit by the idea of the Holy Spirit, partly because some of us, I mean, let's just be honest, we grew up with the idea that there's a Holy Ghost. Was there a Holy Ghost in your church like mine? And I remember thinking as a kid, I don't want the Holy Ghost to get me because I don't like ghosts and they terrify me, right? Well, really what the Holy Spirit is, is God's Spirit as a shepherd in us, leading us and guiding us to where we need to be. Now, it's so interesting, thousands of years later, after David wrote this, Jesus came along. And he was with his friends. He was about to go to the cross. And he starts talking about the shepherd that would live inside us, which Jesus would call the comforter, the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus said. John records this. Jesus said, it is, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the shepherd, the Holy Spirit will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And Jesus gives us promise that God would send his very spirit to walk through life with people that follow Jesus. The guide, comfort, sometimes convict, ding your conscience, tell you sometimes this, this is where you need to lay down in this green pasture and rest. And it's a little intimidating when you think about the fact that God's spirit would go wherever you go because there's some places you don't want God to follow you, right? That's kind of true for all of us. But if it's true, the shepherd loves us and guides us. What if he guided us to better places for his name's sake and his path? That is available to us as followers of Jesus. This is what Jesus said. Remember what David said. He said, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. This simply means that when something good happens in our life, it's for God's success, not ours. It's for God's glory, not ours. Even our failures can be used for God's glory if we let God have control of it. And if we, if we talk about that, if all this glory for God and purpose for God makes it feel like, oh, Matt, it just seems like you're making God so big and so great. I would just tell you the reason Dave and I and most of us are making God so big and so great is because he is. And the cool thing is that great, big, glorified God of ours whose son rose from the dead after three days when it was impossible to rise from the dead decided that you were one of his sheep, that he would guide and love and protect all the days of your life. This is at the core of who we get to be in Jesus. And then David says something that's pretty familiar. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Now, some of you know this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you go, oh yeah, I recognize that. Coolio wrote that part. Remember Coolio? Dangerous minds. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they look at my life and I ain't got nothing left. I can't rest. That's all I got. That's all I got, right? Hey, that is so much better than I did in first service, but it still was awful. Literally, I got called an old white guy in first service. So anyway, that's, so if anybody can do better, next time you're up, all right? Okay, so Coolio stole that from King David and make a really cool version of it. Encourage you to watch that. 
But this interesting idea of the valley of the shadow of death, and you just think about that a little bit. It's so practical. You ever been to the mountains? I mean, the top of the mountain. You stand on the top of a mountain, it feels like it's where God is. It's glorious, it's beautiful, and it's a metaphor for our lives when things are good. Like they're going good, like our kids are getting along, like our job's going well, like our marriage is good. And in a spiritual sense, you know that feeling, if, if, if you've ever experienced that, maybe you haven't, I hope you do someday, where you're like, I've never felt God this way. This is the most amazing thing in my life. God feels so close and so real. And then there's the valley in between the mountains, which is terrifying. God's goodness is up here, down in that valley. And not all valleys are bad, but this is a metaphor. So it's where the darkness is. It's where that stuff happens to you that someone else has done. It's their sin that's affected your life. It's their mistakes that have made your life terrible or maybe your own sin that has just cast a shadow over you. We hate the valleys, don't we? Because it's a place of darkness and depression and I don't know if I can breathe and I don't know if I can take one more step. It's, it's the valley and maybe you came here today because you just feel like I'm in the valley and I can't get out. I don't know where else to go so I'm gonna try church. So glad you're hanging out with us. And in the valleys, this is where we ask the question, where's God? God, you said you'd be faithful, and if you've ever said this, it's okay. God, you said you'd be faithful. I don't think you're faithful. God said, you said you'd be present. I don't think you're present. God, I don't even think you're real. You've ever said that to God, your heavenly father would just simply say, come on, bring it to me. My big old shoulders can handle all your doubts and all your questions. Just throw it on my shoulders. Because someday you might look back and go, oh, God was there the whole time. But you had to ask the question, to get through the valley. And here, here's the challenge for almost all of us. See, we have a tendency to walk through the green pastures and lay down in the valley. This is a really important idea. We have a tendency to walk through the green pastures. You know the places we should stop and we should rest where God would say, this is safe, this is where you can get replenished, this is where you get your soul filled up, this is where I'm hanging out with you, this is where you spend some time in the scripture, sing some songs, serve some people, let God be close to you, and we walk right through it, we just barge right through it. We run through it sometimes. And then we lay down in the dark places. We should be doing just the opposite. It's not easy. But David said, you find yourself in a dark valley, Keep walking. You found yourself in a low place. You keep walking forward, kid. You find yourself in a place that's hard, it's scary, it's depressing, it's full of pure. You put one foot in front of the other and you follow your shepherd. Even if it's baby steps, even if you're just inching forward, even if it's just everything you can do just to keep moving until you get to a green pasture where you can lay down and it's safe. But the problem is we lay down in our own darkness our own sin, our own pain, um, the things other people have done to us. We, we just stay there. And David said, you can't stay there because you'll never fulfill God's purpose in the dark places. You gotta walk out of them by the shepherd's guidance, his protection, and his hand. And maybe you might look back and you realize what looked like was a, a thousand foot shadow was not as big as it once was in your life. It was actually smaller, but it got the best to you in the moment, in the moment. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this is so cool. The idea of a rod is an idea of power. 
and protection. God, your power and protection is with me. And a staff, which has a big um, question mark on the end of it, was meant to grab sheep and kind of sheep and pull them back onto the path. So that represents God's grace. Staff is God's power. The rod is God's power. The staff is God's grace. And you know, God's grace for all of us is when he grabs us, he says, kid, you're going in the wrong direction. Come back. And sometimes when that hook hits you around your neck and it pulls, it hurts. It's a little bit painful, but what it does is it brings you back. And some of you would say, yeah, the most painful moments I've ever walked through turned me back towards God. And David was convinced that God's power and his grace were with him. And it would give him the opportunity to follow God, to risk for God, to take chances. It gives you the opportunity to love unconditionally, to forgive, to be the people of God that you've been called to be. Or even if you're not a believer in Jesus, to find God today. But your power and your protection, they guide me. And then he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And here's what I think. When I read this, I just go, yeah, what what are my enemies? Because David had obvious enemies. David had people that were trying to hunt him down, kill him, kill his family, take everything he had, destroy his life. And at least right now, today, guess what? No one seems to want to kill me today. We'll see how tomorrow goes for my life. But I'm guessing you're probably in the same boat. No one's trying to kill you. But David had real physical enemies. So, So what are my enemies? What are your enemies when you think about them? Maybe it's shame. I mean, it's all that stuff that people know about or people don't know about that's dark. And man, if you could just bottle it up and shove it away and never have to see it again, but it keeps popping up. It's an enemy, isn't it? For for some of you right now, it's fear. I mean, fear is owning you. Fear has you, fear of tomorrow, fear not enough, fear that you're not enough, fear has just got you. What if my kids don't end up like they're supposed to end up? What if my business, what if my work? Fear, 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 and what about the world? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Not to mention, then you turn on the news, and that does not help at all, does it? Can I give you just a little side hint? Stop watching so much news. Whether it's Fox, CNN, or your weird cable or your weird website news that no one else knows about. Stop watching so much news. It is scaring you to death. And God does not want you to be afraid. Watch enough to know what's going on and turn it off. Because it's your enemy at some point. Little's okay at some point. You're you're, You're afraid your enemy's being alone. I mean, you're not alone, but you're lonely. And it's your enemy. For you, it might be you don't measure up. I mean, there's some days I walk up on the stage and I go, all these people are showing up and they're going online. I don't measure up. I shouldn't even be doing this thing up here. It's, it's an enemy to me. It can feel like an enemy. And this is what David says. I, I think this is amazing. David says he invites all your enemies into a room. Fear, come on, come in here. God says, come on. Shame, I want you to come over too. And I want fear and shame. You get over in the corner and stand in the corner. Alone, loneliness, you don't measure up. I want you in that same corner. I want all your enemies and shame. You stand in front because we're not having shame in, in this world. Stand right there and watch this. He sits you down at a table. This is what David thought. And in front of your enemies, <laughs> he rolls out dinner for you. And he serves you and he loves you and he provides. And he says, shame, 
This is my child eating at my banquet table. Shame, you can leave. Fear, you've been after this one for a long time. He or she, he's at my table. Fear, you can leave because they're mine and I'm their shepherd. You don't measure up, this is my child. That's enough. You can leave too. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemy as if to say, God's got you. Even when it doesn't feel like God's got you, he has you. You prepare a table before me, before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. This is kind of a sheep thing, but when sheep would get in the briars and tear up their flesh, a shepherd would sit down with them. And he'd hold them tight and he'd pour oil over their head that was healing, it was medicinal, it took some of the pain away because he cares for them. Not to mention that whole, you know, prepare a table in the presence of my enemies that at the end of the day the shepherd would feed the sheep and sit down in the middle of the sheep and eat with the sheep. Isn't that amazing that your heavenly father wants to do that with you? And if you don't believe that, just look at Jesus who did that at the Last Supper with his very best friends. You make mistakes you sin, you stumble, the shepherd anoints your head with healing oil because he loves you. And then he finishes this up. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Because sometimes our cup looks to be full in front of other people, but really on the inside it's empty. And David said, now there's a way to say to God, fill my cup with your love, who you are, what I need, and it just overflows. And I want you to know, I believe today is the day that you can ask God to fill your cup. And in one way or another, in his way, he will. And then David ties this whole thing up with this really beautiful word. He says, surely. Now, it's my obligation as an older pastor to say, please don't call me surely. I just have to say it. I don't have a choice. I just have to say it. But he says, surely, as if to say, not hopefully, not I think it's going to happen. Not maybe. Like surely this is going to happen somehow, some way. Surely your goodness and love will follow me. The comment, a commentator said that these two words, goodness and love, the metaphor is like two sheepdogs, goodness and love. These two dogs just run around the outside of the flock of sheep, protecting and guiding, protecting and guiding. And again, maybe... This is not down deep in your heart. I hope it gets there that God's goodness and his love are your protection. That's how God feels about you. He loves you and he wants good things from you over and over. The two sheepdog that protect you even when you stray off path. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, that goodness and love will never leave you. They are with you. You have a home with God that are full of goodness and love. And then he ties it all together. He says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, literally, that God wants to commune with you, to be with you. And he knows you and still wants to be with you. Always. And certainly this has an eternal aspect, that there's an eternal home in heaven for the people that trust Jesus. But this is right now in the middle of your change and your fear and your shame that he wants to be in it with you and to be real to you. But maybe for you, today is not the question of, hey, is God real? Because we often ask that question. Is God real? Is God real? 
Maybe for us today, the question is, is, is God your shepherd? And this is the cool part. You can always call on your shepherd to be your shepherd. And I believe maybe today, someone in the room online, maybe that's watching this a week from now, somehow th- something will change them because they decide to look up and say, through the name of Jesus, who gave his life on a cross and rose for the forgiveness of my sins, I'm asking God to be my savior, for Jesus to be my savior. And that today, maybe you would get some clarity, and I know you need clarity possibly, like you need some clarity, what should happen, what's the next step, and that, that's fair, and you should ask for clarity, but even more important, what if today is a day where you learn to trust? Let me say that again. What if today is the day you learn to trust and say, God, I don't understand. I'm not sure, but I'm gonna trust that you're my shepherd. My shepherd. Your goodness, your power, your protection, your love, you're my shepherd. And I may feel like I'm in a darkest valley, but I'm marching to the safe places in you. And here's what we believe. Jesus proved that this was true because he gave everything for you so you could follow him. Now, I don't know where that lands with you today. Some of you still might be like, I'm not sure, that's okay. But some of you may be like, it's time for me to call on my shepherd. And I hope in the next few moments you can do that. We're gonna sing this song about the goodness of God in a moment. And maybe you just need to stay in your seat and just breathe. If you wanna stand and sing, that's totally good. But what I hope more than anything, if you got change going on, you got a little chaos, some darkness that you could lean into God's goodness and his love in your life because he really does care for you. But before we get there, I thought I'd just read the passage one more time in its entirety. I'm gonna read it out of the King James Version, which you may not even know what that is. It's just a little bit more traditional version, but it's so beautiful. I couldn't get out of here without doing it as I read it. I pray God would just work in all of our hearts and all of our souls. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures and he leadeth me beside still waters. I pray over you today. If you need to rest, you would find rest in God's green pastures and drink from God's deep waters of love and hope. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I pray that you and I, we would know that we have a bigger purpose in this world than just ourselves. And we're doing this for God's glory, which is the best reason to do something. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me in thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. God's power and his grace would comfort you today. He's strong for you. And he's got grace for you. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. And thou anointest my head with oil. And my cup runneth over. Fear be gone. Shame no more. God, fill our cup today. Fill our soul today with something that we can't find in ourselves. 
surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's goodness and his mercy for you and I forever. Past whatever you're going through. Past whatever you're having to face. Forever. I pray that blessing on everyone that's here partaking in this service today. Because your heavenly father loves you so much. He wants to be your shepherd.